Buenos Dias from Greenway Parks. This is the Rorschach Argentina update from Thursday, the 18th of November, 2021. A quick summary of what's going down in Argentina. The midterm elections are finally behind us, and we'll have a two-year rest until the next period of campaigning. Hooray! But although we may celebrate the end of a period of unrest as each party pulled their tricks and made their promises to reel in as many votes as possible, the consequences of this election will definitely have an impact on the next couple of years. To start, the main opposition party, Juntos del Cambio, secured key districts that carry the greatest electoral weight in Argentina. That includes Buenos Aires City and the provinces of Buenos Aires, Córdoba, Mendoza, Santa Fe, and more. Perhaps one of the most significant wins, though, is that of Santa Cruz, province that had historically been known to support the national ruling party Frente de Todos. While the results placed the opposition as the first electoral force nationwide, it did lose some districts in relation to the primaries, such as Chaco and Tierra del Fuego, where the ruling party managed to turn results around. Overall, the opposition got almost 42% of the votes, and Frente de Todos ended up second with 33%. Left-wing candidates across the country took 6% of the votes, banking four representatives as a result, one in Buenos Aires City, two in Buenos Aires Province, and one in Jujuy, where it won 25% of the votes. So, what does this mean for the ruling party? First, that the Frente de Todos coalition will drop from 41 to 35 seats in the 72-member Senate. That is, they've effectively lost the quorum in the upper chamber, as they would need to have 37 seats to secure it. This is not only relevant to the ruling party, but also an historic event, as it's the first time since 1983 that Peronismo, the leftist movement based on former President Juan Domingo Perón, will not have a majority in the Senate. President Fernandez will now have no option but to make concessions to the opposition during the next two years in order to pass laws. Fortunately, the opposition will probably be open to dialogue as they are also gearing up to try to return to power in 2023, and it would not serve them to appear anti-democratic by not engaging in dialogue. Most likely, we'll be seeing an extremely polarized Congress with little margin to either side's favor in both chambers. That said, now that the election is over, the government will have to tackle multiple social demands, as well as resolve the issues with the International Monetary Fund, a negotiation over the repayment of $44 billion debt, originally secured by the Macri administration in 2018. The president ratified that economy minister, Martin Guzman will remain in his post and that together they'll seek an agreement with the IMF. If they fail to reach a new repayment schedule, Argentina will have to pay $19 billion in 2022 and again in 2023. On that note, President Fernandez announced on Sunday the 14th that he will send a bill to Congress outlining a multi-year economic program for Argentina. He said the plan will outline the best understandings that the government has reached with IMF staff without renouncing the principles of economic growth and social inclusion. 
With this promise, Argentina's over $20 billion bonds due in 2035 rose 0.7 cents to about 31 cents on the dollar, their biggest gain since the aftermath of primary elections. A rare boost, but a boost nonetheless. Speaking of boosts, keep in mind that as of last week, Buenos Aires City started giving booster shots to those who received their second dose of whatever vaccine 180 days ago or more. Health Minister Carla Visotti confirmed that Argentina will offer this to the entire population. Keep an eye out for that, as you may be automatically assigned an appointment. According to official data, more than 60% of the population has already received two doses of the coronavirus vaccine, while 78% have received at least one shot. On a related note, President Fernandez announced on Thursday the 11th that Argentina will be donating half a million doses of the AstraZeneca vaccine to Vietnam, 450,000 doses to Mozambique, and 31,000 doses to three Caribbean islands. Hopefully, traveling will be much safer a year from now when the World Cup kicks off in Qatar. On Tuesday the 16th, Argentina's national football team officially qualified for the 2022 World Cup after beating Uruguay and drawing against Brazil. For the time being, Brazil and Argentina are the only two countries in South America to have secured a spot, with two more to be defined in the next few months. Since we're on the topic of traveling, the airport operator, Corporación América Airports, is doubling down its bet on Uruguay with a $300 million investment. Its Uruguay subsidiary, Puerto del Sur, extended the concession of the airport serving Montevideo until 2053 and added six domestic airports to the agreement. The company plans to upgrade the infrastructure of the local airports, which until now had been losing money. The move comes almost a year after the company negotiated a 10-year extension on the concession it holds on airports in Argentina through its unit Aeropuertos Argentina 2000. As of last Tuesday, the 16th, the use of masks in schools is no longer mandatory for children up to the third grade in Buenos Aires City. The parents of young children had been pushing for this flexibility, for months, as they claim that masks are an obstacle in developing their social skills. For students in fourth grade or and older, wearing a mask is still mandatory while inside the classroom. While the situation at school is getting better for kids, inflation keeps putting Argentines to the test. Last month's inflation reached 3.5% despite the price freezes, adding up to a total of almost 42% this year. In October, health was the main culprit, with an increase of almost 5%, followed by the recently reopened sectors of restaurants and hotels and recreation and culture. Regarding health, the three chambers grouping laboratories that represent Argentina's main labs agreed to freeze the prices of prescribed medicine until the 7th of January. However, individual labs retained the right to adhere to the decision or not. At the same time, the government confirmed a 12% raise on pensions for the last quarter of the year. Speaking of the end of the year, 
the head of the Russian Direct Investment Fund, said on Tuesday the 16th that Russia's Sputnik V COVID-19 vaccine is on track to be approved by the World Health Organization by the end of 2021. This would be great news for the more than 10 million Argentines who were inoculated with this vaccine and are now facing recognition issues abroad. On an unrelated note, a new decree released on Wednesday the 17th states that transactions involving cryptocurrencies will now be subject to Argentina's tax on credits and debts. Previously, cryptocurrency transactions between individuals were considered exempt from the tax on credits and debits in bank accounts and other transactions as they were cash transfers. Now, new regulations will be applied, aiming to limit tax exemptions granted to third-party payment service providers and other new types of businesses which have benefited from the e-commerce boom since the start of the pandemic. There's not much clarity on how this will happen yet, so stay tuned for more updates on that front. And last but not least... Lollapalooza, the biggest music festival in Buenos Aires, will finally take place after being postponed for two years. In March 2020, COVID-19 left the organizers with no choice but to put off the festival, which was later rescheduled for November 2020 and then March 2021. Both of those attempts were unsuccessful, but now everything seems to indicate that it will be happening in March 2022. The headliners have been confirmed and the tickets are already on sale. That's it for this week. Thanks for joining us. Subscribe to our show in your favorite podcast listening app to be updated weekly about the big stuff going on in Argentina. Let us know your thoughts and ideas by emailing us at podcast at Nos vemos el próximo jueves. Thank you.